This is it, episode number 142, No Laugh Track Podcast. Thank you to Circle of Heat for letting us play their music there, as always, at the beginning. I am not the only Justin here this week, Justin Severson, the host. I, I've uh, welcomed in another Justin. This is the second time on No Laugh Track Podcast, but the first time the guy spelled his name wrong. This gentleman has it spelled correctly, oh. like mine. Not J-U-S-T-O-N. No way. Like Justin McKinney. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I've always thought that was a typo. That's how he does it, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. And Bla- it's wrong. Blasphemy. I know. But I'm here with Justin Willman. How are you, Justin? Very good. Severson, not Severson. Severson, yes. Severson. Yep. Not like Doc. My, right. Not yeah. like Doc Severinson. My, uh, but as my uh, eight-year-old daughter pointed out the other day, Siri says Severson. Oh, really? Yeah. So blasphemy. She's not that smart. I know. She doesn't know everything. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Let's on the get... famous Acme stage we are. Uh-huh. I love it. Was last night your first, first time First here? time. Popped the cherry last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was it? Right. It was really fun. Yeah. Really fun. I was. I heard you say that you got in town like right before. I did. Yeah. I did. I landed like at 530. And then had, you know, as a magician comedian, I've got crap to set up. So we came straight here and just set things up. Nice. So. Nice. No time to think about it. Have you been to Minneapolis before? Uh, I've been here a lot. My grandparents used to live in Duluth, so I oh, used really? to fly through. Yeah, fly through Minneapolis, and they'd pick me up, and we'd drive what, three and a half hours north to Duluth, and then now three and a half. You were going. You stopped. For, we, you no. stopped and got. Uh, Key is my grandparents were driving. Yeah, so okay. very slow. Fair enough. And then my fiance live. My fiance is from Chicago, but her family lives in St. Louis Park, and her grandparents live here. So we've been spending Thanksgiving here the past two years. No kidding. Yeah. No Still, shit. though, last night was the first time at Acme. Yeah. yeah. Never came down for a show or anything. No, we never. You know how when you're visiting family, you never have time to do anything. True, true, true. You have dinners planned. Yeah. So, here we are. So, a grandpa, is anyone still in Duluth? No one is still in Duluth. They, my grandfather passed away. My grandmother now lives in Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to, I used to love it. They used to have like a little, literally a log cabin up there. No kidding. And I remember. I went to college in Duluth. Really? Yeah. What, you, what, what Minnesota Duluth. Wow. Yeah. That's brisk up there. It is. It's so fresh. The pine trees. Oh. Uh, my, opi- up there. my opinion of Duluth is it's always gray. Really? Gray. Hmm. The weather today like is gray. Seattle-y gray? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a ski place called Mont de Lac, I think, up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where I learned to ski. Yeah. Lots of memories. Look at that. I'm sure I- our listeners are loving uh-huh. ski memories. Yeah, good. I, they are. Uh-huh. They are. Everybody's going to run up there and recreate it <laughs> <laughs> right now. And then St. Louis, Paul, I had no idea all these uh, local connections. Me neither. It's wild. It is it's wild. wild. Yeah. And then uh, I was, so I talked to a mutual friend of ours this week to see if he would give me any stories about you, but mm-hmm. he didn't give me anything. I texted Derek Hughes. He gave you nothing? He gave me nothing. Oh, he's got stories too. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He said he, he wrote on your web series. Yeah. yeah. We did a Nerdist channel when they were first doing their YouTube thing. We did a series called Justin Willman's Magic Meltdown. And uh, I... I needed like a head writer. I needed somebody who I could share a brain with. And I've been such a fan of Derek for, for so many years, you know, in the magic community, it's a small world. And we would, you know, we both lived in LA. He was a mentor to me. And I just thought nobody, nobody got the idea of magic and comedy coexisting like Derek. Right. Yeah. So, and he was uh, gracious enough to, to join me. We had a good time. Yeah, very cool. He's uh, and he's going to be here. You're missing him by a week. You know, by a week he's coming this next week. I can't believe I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and he's that normally headlines to together. What's that? That would have been fun to do a week together. Hell yeah! Yeah, you've never done that. You've ever worked together? Well, we've worked together. Uh, Comedy Magic Club out in Hermosa Beach. Oh yeah, we, we do shows together sure. out there, and I've had him on my my show at Nerd Melt in L.A. a couple times, but. But to do a real show like this together would be a blast. It would be a blast. To do like a co-headline would be amazing. Yeah, he's not even headlining here next week. He's I know, I hear he's just you featuring. Know, he wants to be in town. Yeah. You know. It's working. It's great. Yeah. You I, can write off a family trip that way. Is that is that what you're are you confessing to something I, right now? you know, I well, I'm because I'm because I'm technically, because I'm here working, I'm actually writing off a family trip, but I wouldn't have to write it off. But if Derek is going to be coming to see family anyway, then he's like, well, yeah, give me the feature gig, and now I can just write it off there you altogether. Go. Smart. Perfect. Hope Perfect. his accountant doesn't listen. <laughs> I, uh, I won't tag him in this okay. one. Okay. All right. So uh, we should probably get the quick history of... Uh, how you started in magic. I've read some of it. Like yep. I told you, I've been stalking you okay. for uh, like six days, I suppose. You'd like to do a good week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I know the story. Mm-hmm. I know that you broke your arms. Yeah, you know, um, I broke my arms when I was 12 trying to impress some girls. 
you know, when you're, like, I, I never knew how to talk to girls then or now, really. So I would kind of distract uh, having to have a conversation with some sort of, you know, asinine activity. In this case, it was <clears throat> bike blading. So I was riding my bike with rollerblades on, fell over the handlebars, caught myself with my hands, broke, broke both arms at the same time. I was in cast for six months. Damn. Doctor prescribed magic when I got the cast off, recommended card tricks, uh, and that's how I got into it. My mother was thrilled that I found my passion. My dad, I think, totally wanted to sue for malpractice because <laughs> the doctor prescribed magic. I got my left cast off a month before my right, and I'm right-handed, so it was, I had to learn how to do everything with my left hand, how to type and write and Holy crap. do card tricks and yeah. everything with my <laughs> left hand. But it I worked out it. okay. It worked out all right. <laughs> I... Uh had it worked? Have you? Did you follow up? Have it worked, has it worked for other um, patients of this guy? You know, I mean, maybe he started. This, he gave, uh, you know, what's his name? Um, Hen, um, Harry. Uh, Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. He gave Harry Anderson his start. In yeah, nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. I could see this guy like. Let me just see what hobbies I can prescribe. You know, you have uh, here's some basket weaving for your chlamydia. Yeah, exactly. You know? I don't know. <laughs> I was the, maybe the only one it worked out for. <laughs> But I have not kept in touch with with uh, his other patients. But it, um, you know, like they they say, you get bit by the magic bug. It was just one of those things that just took a little nudging. And then I went in, when I grew up in St. Louis. I would go to this uh, magic shop downtown called Gibbles, and they have a uh, it was like a half magic shop, half adult bookstore. So I'd have to have a parent with me at all times. Oh, okay. So it made learning magic really awkward. <laughs> but I learned a lot. Yeah. Were, were things separated in that store or just nope. all together? I mean, literally magic counter and the next to it, it's like, you know, crowns with dildos yeah. on it. For That's not a wand. That's not <laughs> enough. And sometimes they would, props would cross over the counter. And I bet. So I use. imagine like how you are now. Do you, do you go into magic shops when you're on the road? I like to. Yeah, I do. Do you get it's, recognized immediately? Um, sometimes. Well, you know, like if I go to a magic shop and if it's a magic shop that is actually staffed by like magicians within the magic community, then then I do. But then there's sometimes there are these corporate magic shops like, you know, the Houdini's magic shop, okay, you know, in the wharf in San Francisco. And I go in there and they don't all they know is the tricks they've been taught to teach. Sure. Sure. And those aren't the real ones anyway. Yeah. But I love going. I mean, brick and mortar magic shops are a dying thing. Yeah. You know? There's a great so, one in, in uh, St. Paul. Is it called Twin Cities Magic? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to pop in. You should. I will. You, I will. You definitely should. And they will, I guarantee they'll recognize you. Oh, They're man. really into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a place I used to go to and try to get to when I was a kid. And, you know, I've, I've got as far as it's like. It's been there for a long time. Buying. Yes. One. Yeah. It's several different locations, in fact. Like the one I went to as a kid is long gone. But, okay. uh, you know, I got as far as buying the. Uh, you know, my buddy was more into it. He he really got the sleight of hand stuff, and mm-hmm. I didn't. The so. paddle move? Yes. The yes. listeners. You knew what I was doing. You were miming the paddle move. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to rolling a joint without the motion. <laughs> <laughs> Better yeah, at that. Yeah, I'm very good at that as well. <laughs> uh, but I, I, uh, you know, I spent a little bit of money there. I remember that I, one of my favorites was um, it was a quarter that you could make go into a bottle. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the quarter is... Oh, yes, a... It's a, it's a special quarter. It's a bolding. Bold. Is that the I'm word for it? I'm just using a different oh. word, but rhyming with it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Bolding. Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. a scolding quarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Molding. That's it. Yeah. Molding, I, yes. In fact, I uh, I tried to see if my kids could get the bug, mm-hmm. of ma- the magic bug. How old are they? The girls, six and eight. It's a great age. It is a great eight age. Especially. Eight especially. Yes. And that was the that was the one I bought the gift for specifically mm-hmm. for Christmas. It was one of these boxed sets. Mm-hmm. And it, it hasn't... Yeah. It almost seemed too... It was uh, a little too complicated. Yeah. Well, and they don't really write the instructions on those things uh, in English. Like, they are not really written for to be user-friendly. So a lot of times... Kids will pick it up, and they're you know they're these instructions are translated from English to Chinese, and then Chinese back to English, and they're missing important <laughs> grammatical uh, you yeah. know, things. And kids think that well, geez, this is too hard. Forget it. And that's why like having a mentor uh, for me was really important. Like having someone walk you through it. Because magic's hard. Yeah. It who was the, Who did you have? This guy. His name was Doctor Magic. That was his stage name. Okay. He was not a doctor. <laughs> uh, but his name was Jerry Hughes, and he was uh, he would do mostly like charity shows in st louis and he had a big white beard in the in the christmas time he would dress as santa sure. do christmas shows that kind of thing um and he 
he actually booked, booked me on a gig. I would come and kind of open for him for a few charity things. And then we were doing a show for the Juvenile Hemophiliacs Association Christmas party. And then he no-showed. And so I did the show. It was my first show I ever did solo. Oh, okay. Now, he probably, you know, slept How old in, were you at the time? Sle- I was 14. Okay. He probably slept in or something. I, I don't know if we ever straightened out why he didn't come. But I, in my mind, made it to feel like, oh, wow, he's testing me. This is my Mr. Miyagi moment. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh-huh. Let's wax on. Yeah. And it worked out. Nice. Mm-hmm. The, the hemophiliac kids were yeah. he, he, easy well, for me you, to say. I had a bad experience that particular show because, you know, hemophiliacs, they lack the ability for their blood to clot. Right. And I did it used to do a trick that... Uh, it was called the pizza oven surprise trick, where I'd take this cardboard pizza and I'd put it in a little fake pizza oven and it would disappear and then it would reappear on a kid's back. And the part of the trick to that is when the kid's coming on stage that you choose, you hang an extra pizza on his back with a safety pin, uh-huh. like an open safety oh, pin. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have this open safety pin hot glued gun to the back of a, uh, of a fake pizza and I get him up there and I always pick a kid with a hoodie on because then you have a lot of room to go. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I put him in place and i put him on the mark and i hung the pizza in it i just hear him go ow no and uh (laughs) and i started freaking out because then i realized where i am and it turns out i guess he was like a brother or sister of a oh okay of a patient (laughs) so no worries okay so screw him (laughs) but man i was sweating i was not i was really worried Uh, yeah you'd have to get to that point uh you know, where you're actually asking for emergency help and they think it's part of the act. Right? I know. Yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Let's say this guy's hilarious. Yeah. What a great actor. No, no, really? Yes. <laughs> it's all part of the act, you guys. Standing ovation. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. I wrote down so many questions uh, for you. Um, what? Uh, an audience like that. You, you, I, I mean, you must have had audiences from, I know you performed for the president. From the I president did. to children. Man, I mean, yeah. is everything in between, and, and oftentimes with the same material. That's like the the, the, the the amazing thing about magic. I'm sure that's different than straight up comedy. Is like, you know, whatever the trick is, it's how you do the trick, how you wrap up that trick. That means you could perform it for children or adults with the same effectiveness. You know, it's a great thing. Like Derek Hughes does the torn and restored newspaper classic yes. trick. Yes, and you could do that for kids and make it a little sillier. And you could do it the way Derek does it and about French symbolism drama and makes it really smart and intellectual like that's what's great is that you can just you know cloak things so yeah i did a show for the white house a couple years ago super surreal had a great time yeah um i tripped the secret service out because i i just do this joke in the show where a card disappears and before it really reappears where it's supposed to reappear i always say have someone stand up and i say sir look in your pocket and everyone's like oh, and he reaches in and i say that would have been awesome Gets a big laugh. Yeah. And then we move on with the trick. So I did that with the president. I was like, Mr. President, stand up, look in your pocket. And you could see the Secret Service guys go, what the hell did he do? You know, like they all clenched up like somehow he got to the president. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't there. It was, you know, and it got a good, it, very nice uh, tension <laughs> release. Uh, it was good. And I started, for, for years I would do kids' birthday parties. That was my main bread and butter. Yeah. Um, and kids are, kid, performing for kids is great. Because they're not cynical yet, you know. They're, they're, they they think that life is full of wonder and joy. Mm-hmm. We of course now know that life is often full of shit. Like, uh, but but kids don't know that yet. So it's oh, I'm trying to thing. save my kids from that along as you long as possible. Mean? I know yeah. they oh, yeah. think that you know that, that bunnies hide eggs and that mm-hmm. there's a chick who'll give them cash for their teeth mm-hmm. or that their parents will stay together. Sorry, it's getting sad. <laughs> but uh, I used to open my act by making a dove appear, and uh, and it was just such a killer opening because kids like. As soon as you make a, a, a life appear, they're they're hooked. You yeah, know? you're killing. You're doing great. And uh, but I couldn't do that like tonight. Like if at Acme, if I made a dove appear, the audience in their mind would be like, "Hmm, it's up his sleeve. There's a trap door. How is the dove treated?" You know, <laughs> like they're, they're, they totally process it differently. It was not treated well. I'll tell you that. Probably. <laughs> That's how it was treated. No free range. Uh, no free range doves. Yeah, no organic doves. Um, I had a bad experience once making the dove appear, and this is why I don't use doves anymore. I was doing a birthday party, and uh, and they had me do the show outside because they couldn't fit all the kids inside. So I make the dove appear at the top of the show, and what had never happened before was a little gust of wind blew, and this dove flew up into a tree. Okay, So the dove literally appears. I hold out my hand. It bypasses my hand and flies into a tree. So I knew, of course, 
act like this is supposed to happen. So uh-huh. I was acted like it was supposed to happen, and everyone loved it because it seems so majestic. It's like an Ace Ventura moment, you know. This dove just emerges <laughs> yeah, right. and lands in a tree. Right. It was like, wow, what a great use of his surroundings. <laughs> and my plan was to wait till the end of the party and climb the tree and get the dove down, you know, because those are those aren't cheap. Right. So. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging off on the side and they're singing happy birthday and they're doing cake and I see this like dark thing circling in the sky above the tree really high up and I couldn't tell what it was I couldn't tell if it was like a like a helicopter or something it was just this dark thing and it gets closer and closer and a couple of the parents start noticing it pointing up at this hawk oh no above the tree okay <laughs> and this hawk is getting closer and the parents are like whispering to each other hey look what is that why is that so close? And the kids are literally singing happy birthday. They're reaching the crescendo as this hawk goes for it. It swoops down right into the backyard, grabs the dove in its talons, and then s- oh, just soars away. That's God bless America. Right? In a little, it was a little cartoon puff of feathers <laughs> when this happened. And it was like silence. Like all the parents are like just shocked, and the kids are shocked. Yeah. And they all look at me, and I was just like, ta da! <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> and then kids just crying. Oh, no. I think they were hoping that this was part of the show, that I was going to act. Yeah. And there, there's my other assistant, you know, the hawk. Yeah, right. Oh, man. I mean, so everyone's upset. Kids are crying. I'm out 50 bucks, of course. And But if you think about it, like that day was, it, that was a really bad day for the dove. Obviously, but yeah. also like emotionally, because that bird probably thought that was the first day of the rest of its life. That was its day of freedom. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, oh, my God, I'm in a tree. Uh-huh. I've never been in a tree before. You're going to do it because a dove's a dove's life is um, I mean, as you can imagine, it's very repetitive. Like a magician's dove life is go, it goes basically cage, dark pocket birthday party you know <laughs> happy birthday cage dark pocket bat mitzvah mazel tov right. cage dark pocket quinceanera um i don't you know congratulations i don't know <laughs> cage dark pocket my drug dealer's house that's right oh you really are a magician <laughs> <laughs> and then that day it tried to go for freedom and the its last memory is it looks up and it sees another bird for yeah. the first time ever and it's like oh it's a friend <laughs> oh, no <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, mom, those yeah. kids learned a good lesson that day. They did, yeah, mom, <laughs> mommy, and God must be yeah. bringing food. That lesson is: don't aspire. Be happy with what you have. That's right. Yeah, that, that's right. Did you uh, did you have a magic handkerchief to dry their tears? Oh man, I had lots of handkerchiefs over the years. I think my goal was just to get the hell out of there as quick as possible. I bet. Yeah, it was it was sad. I, I think I did pick up a couple feathers off the ground as a as a little souvenir parting gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you did kids' parties, would the parents review it with you afterwards, give you a critique? Um, not so much. I mean, I was, uh, let me think. I would actually, you know, I was... Because, I, I, you know, I'm, as a parent, I know how, you know, I'm not one of these mad men, I don't think. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people get, you know, eh, Billy and, and Susie, they, are, they're the best kids and they're going to have oh, the yes. best party and you didn't perform as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, there's a lot of pre-prep. A lot of parents are very hands-on, a little paranoid. You know, okay, listen, like, Billy wants to be involved, but he doesn't want to be too involved. So is there a trick you can have him where he just waves a wand or something? Okay, but Susie, she loves to be involved. So oh, okay. she'll yeah. have some speaking parts, blah, 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 you know, all that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I do this every day. It's all good. Yeah. And then afterwards, I would often um, have them fill out, like, uh, comment cards and stuff. And because I like to pull quotes that I would use in my business. Sure, sure. You know, uh, and I would, I'm sure for this bird bird birthday party I'm, I'm sure i did not send a comment card i'm sure i knew what the commentary was going to be right uh-huh. right right wow i uh have you ever i think one of my earliest memories of seeing a magician was uh you know being like at a restaurant where people would come table to table yeah, is man. that still done anymore yeah strolling magic we call strolling it table magic. side magic have you done that that was my first regular gig really when i was in high school and I always, whenever a young magician asks me for advice, I always tell him to get that kind of a gig because it builds thick skin because keep people sometimes will say, no, no, we're good. Yeah, we don't want to be bothered, on. which is which is shocking to the ego. Wait, you don't want me to share with you the gift of mystery? Okay. Yeah. And also you just get, you know, just like doing a comedy club where you can kind of do six shows in a weekend at a restaurant. You can do 20, you get to do your opener 20 times a night. You yeah. get to work your set. You get to win over a crowd 20 times a night. It's great. My first time it was a restaurant with Shoney's. Do they still have Shoney's restaurants? I don't think so. It was like a cheap Denny's. Okay. Okay. If that tells you anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Denny's, but. No coupon necessary. Denny's, but ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> 
And the gig was the I, I was technically a balloon buddy. Okay, so they had this promotion called Balloon Buddies. I had to wear a hat that said Balloon Buddy. Wow. And I would make balloon animals. And once I'd made a balloon animal for every kid, then I was allowed to do magic. So I would kind of just figure out the quickest balloon I could make. Yeah. It was probably a sword or the swords all, always look like penises, by the way. Right. And uh, once I'd get all the kids happy, I would kind of launch into the magic. And then I was like, I got to figure out a way to not make balloons. This is awful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually I did. But um, yeah, tableside magic was a big part of my, my early career. And they throw you maybe throw you a couple bucks afterwards. Yeah. I mean, the right? restaurant will probably give you, you know, you'll probably do a f- two or three hour shift and the restaurant may give you 50 bucks or 75 bucks, which is decent. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll get tips if it's a nice restaurant, you know. You always want to go for that fiver. The goal is to get that five bucks. <laughs> Damn right. Set. So in order to do that, by the way, what I would do is I would say, I need to borrow a $5 bill for a trick. It has to be a five. Does it have a five? Cool. Or maybe a 20. And then I do a trick where they have to sign their bill and I make it disappear and reappear. Yeah. And then it's left sitting there on the table. And the bill, of course, now has been signed and it's, you know, it looks like, can I even spend this? Yeah. The goal is to get them to tip you that bill. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Did Dr. Magic teach you that one? That, that might have been a Dr. Magic tutelage. Yeah thing for sure uh-huh. who else did you like uh, doing uh, other performers growing up uh, coming up let's see well I, saw, I remember seeing Copperfield when I was a young kid yeah Harry Blackstone Jr. Um, Penn and Teller I, I remember seeing a couple times when I was old enough to understand how great they were yeah right my, gran- my grandpa took me to see them once at, at Wash U in St. Louis and just so good and so smart and you know, uh, talk about just taking magic and m- always making it mean something. I mm-hmm. think that's what I always look for when I'm going to put something new in the show is that I don't want it just to be cool or, you know, wow, it's an amazing trick. Let me just do it for that reason. I want to figure out, a, like, what is, what's it about? You yeah. know, what is this trick about? And they always were really great at, you know, making a point and having a message behind their, their bits. Do you ever take... Uh I don't have one. This isn't. I'm not setting myself up to give you one. But do you take suggestions from people? Like, you should, what if you made a... You know, uh, like I'm sure somebody who would make the like the 747 disappear. Copperfield, Copperfield. probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, somebody comes to you, yeah, make a uh, make that chair turn into two chairs. You know, <laughs> right? Or, you know, something like that. Do people? It's come funny. Up? Sometimes I'll do. You know, I have a lot of comic friends who whose advice I really love because they at least get. You know what I'm going for. They get that it's about you know doing things that are within the realm of practicality that I could do on stage at a club. But they'll sometimes spout out uh, ideas that I hadn't even thought of. You know, my buddy Daniel Kino is a great comedian who's yeah. really good at giving me just notes that are different than a magician would give you because he's not restrained by what tricks are already out there, what tricks you can do. He's right. just like, I don't know, how about this? So he'll be great. And then uh, I actually did a video once where I would uh, poll kids. I, I would talk to young kids about tricks to do. Yeah. And uh, it's called Kids Talk Magic. It's on YouTube. And they did a one kid at the end. He's like, how about you do a trick where you turn a lamp on without touching it? And I was like, oh, like maybe by clapping my hands. He goes, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have the heart to tell him that that had been invented 30 years ago. Yeah, earlier. yeah. Grandpa but and Grandma can do that it's trick. The little, yeah, Grandma. <laughs> it's the little things. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I've n- I don't think I've ever had, like I said, I, this is episode 142. Mm-hmm. And I've actually recorded more, but we've had some audio problems. So we're up to close to probably 150. Wow. I don't think I've ever had someone on that has so much material uh, on YouTube. You brought oh, really? up YouTube, yeah. But I suppose um, it's because of what you do. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing how much stuff is out is there. Is there a lot which out is there? Great for me. Yeah. Well, the web series was really great just to kind of get some, you know, put out control the quality of it, and those kind of show up a little earlier. And I'm sure there's a lot of cell phone videos from shows and stuff and yeah. then early TV appearances I did the Rachel Ray show 25 times she has a talk show I think she still has a talk show you know what <laughs> I bet I recognize you from that really yes Rachel my Ray. ex-wife uh-huh. used to watch used to record Rachel Ray and I would uh, really? you know sit there sometimes and watch some of it I yeah, bet you, I saw you on there I bet you did I bet that's first place I used I to have you. a fro and I used to go by a different stage name I used to I was just incredible yes. then my swim coach used to coach me. They uh, used to call, call me you that. that? Yeah, yeah, in high school. Yeah, just in case. I used to have. I used to my, my line when I do kids parties. Hey guys, I'm just incredible. This is my just in case. <laughs> Talking to my briefcase. Later, <laughs> I'm on, here I'll be just Justin. in the nick of time. Yes. Later, I'll be just intoxicated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Justin jokes. Yes. Those are uh, happily not in the show anymore. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, 
it's probably good. It's probably a good thing. Uh, you know, that reminds me, uh, just being a Justin, I, I bet you've experienced this. No one's going to care about this except for anyone else mm-hmm. named Justin. Being called Jason. Yeah, what is that? What right? is that? Justin. Jason. I don't know why that happens, but it happens to me a lot. And I think it's maybe because I don't enunciate the T or they just choose not to hear the T. So I've got a double whammy because my last name is Wilman, but on paper it just looks like if you see W-I-L-L, I think your mind Williams? just fills in the rest as Williams. Yeah. So I'll often get Jason Williams. Oh, yeah. 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 Annoying. I bet. And then there's a Justin Williams who's a hockey player. There's a Justin Williams hockey player. There's a Jason Williams basketball player. Yeah. A few of them, I think. There's all the things. Yeah. All the things. These jerks. Yeah. Yeah, I once had a, uh, when I was working over the radio show, I once had a, a listener named Justin send me in a t-shirt that said, my name isn't Just- my name isn't Jason, it's Justin. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did, he, did he make that himself? Or yes. is this a very niche he, t-shirt no, they, yeah, right, yeah, right. It's the uh, it's the saddest website ever. <laughs> they sell two t-shirts a year. No, he had it made. I think he made one for a softball team. Okay, and then he made an extra one That's and gave funny. it to me. Yeah. That's funny. But I've even had relatives. My grandmother has called me Jason. Wow. And there's no other Jason. Yeah, I think I'm, I think my dad has called me Jason. Yeah. Um, lazy old people, I guess. God damn. That's what happens? Mm-hmm. There's a T in there, folks, and no A. Damn it. And no A. That's what I, the back of that shirt should say. There's yeah. a T in there, folks. No A. <laughs> I, uh, if I don't bring this up, my, uh, my kids will kill me. Uh-oh. Because you were on a show that I think I've seen every freaking... Speaking Uh-oh. of Rachel Ray and sitting down and accidentally watching that. Yeah. The Sweet Life on Deck. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I was on that show once. Armando. Armando the Amazing. <laughs> wow, you saw that. That's amazing. <laughs> I watched a bit of yeah. it. Yeah. It's that actually on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I think I put that up. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Awesome. In my early years, I was really good about, I was like, wow, no one's going to put this stuff up if you don't. Right. And, and so, so it's up. And now I'm like, geez, no one's going to take this down if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to take it down. Uh, yeah, that was a fun episode. That was the first time I got a chance to like, do a, you know, a, a, an acting gig. You know, as a like with what I do, basically the only acting gigs I would ever book were ones that involved magic as well, because I'm not like a great, great actor, but okay. at least I can play the part of a magician. Sure, very convincingly. Yeah. So I ended up doing that. I think I did another role on The Defenders, a short-lived uh, show with Jim Belushi and oh. uh, Jerry O'Connell. Okay. Playing, oh yeah, yeah. Playing a Vegas magician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Sweet Life is uh, is is funny because. You know, just shot that one week way back when, and then now kids uh, that are in college grew up on that show, and because Disney re-airs things so many times, oh, they like... Netflix, man. Yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix, too, huh? Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, that's how my kids have caught Tell your kids Armando says hi. <laughs> I'm going to play that for him, man. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've seen way too many episodes of that show. Really? I, it was a good show. Like they would write the the writing was often you know had lots of hidden little Easter egg jokes that it was did, amazing. You know what I've I have learned uh, because I'm too old to like Disney Channel like those kiddie shows didn't really exist. I'm a little too old for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I'm just catching them now you know in reruns with my kids. And I'm amazed at how the write the comedy writing on some of these Disney yeah. kids is actually you can tell there's good writers. Yeah, and I remember when that first when they had like the first draft of that script that we did for a table read. Like there were a lot more jokes that they couldn't keep in. They oh, were really? just you know, alluding to drugs or you know threesomes and stuff like that, <laughs> or like London's dad just being a womanizer. You know, like the the a lot of a lot of funny jokes. And I think that was the fun for them. Probably was seeing what they could get away with. Sure, sure. So how much acting would you like to do? Um, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, I not really a great auditioner. I think that's often a problem. Is that uh, is that uh, you know I'm, I get a little nervous and tense and uh, and I don't really do myself justice in the room. But sometimes I sometimes I, you know you can submit an audition via tape if you say you're out of town or something. Sure. And that's those are always the ones that I book. So that's the Sweet Life on Deck, the Defenders. Like oh okay because I'm able to like use the seventh take. It's the best one. Yeah yeah. And then that's all they see. Yeah. Well, I'm but, yeah. I'd like to act more. Uh, Derek Hughes, also a great magician actor mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, if you know anybody. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah. I, well, I don't know anybody on any uh, Disney shows, but uh, no, I don't know anyone. Damn. I'm looking for a job myself, man. Okay. Yeah. I got you. You know, I actually had an interview yesterday. So, that, that you know, you're talking about audition. I just went through an interview yesterday yeah. for the oh, first time in... Not fun, right? Forever. Forever. For two decades. How was it? Probably. 
pretty pretty good. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I'm on about an hour. I'm going through an interview right now. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different. They didn't record this one for listeners though. Your, your ones. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an evil trick? That would be funny. That'd be a good episode of No Laugh Track. Yeah, you're right. To the job interview. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where you gradually flip it around and interview them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but there, you know, there were some things might have come up about my previous job that I don't think I see. should be public I at see. this point. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> But I like the idea. I definitely like the idea. Um, I, speaking of all this TV and acting and all this stuff, how did you first start appearing on Ellen? Oh yeah, Ellen. I was I was I think I was trying to get on Ellen for years. I just loved Ellen. I thought she was so funny and yeah. Um, and then she loves magic. You know, she loves having magicians on. So finally, I think it was a matter of. I think the Rachel Ray show probably kept me from getting on Ellen early on because they were competition. Okay, which blew yeah. my mind. I was like, "That's not competition. Come on, <laughs> everyone knows Ellen's the queen." But uh, eventually, I think it was a the the bit I did where I had the box hanging with the tweet prediction in it. Yep. And then I tossed speech ball around. Yep. And That's really good the stuff. The tweet the audience would write was already in the box. That was the bit that got me on the show. Oh, okay. And then once I was in, uh, you know, hit it off with Ellen and did a couple more. Um, I'd love to go back again. Yeah. It's super fun. Yeah. It's amazing how many people watch that show. So many people tell me they they saw me for the first time on Ellen. Well, I, I think it's uh, the power of social media. The clip interview, you know, being able to post interview clips and yes. you know because her YouTube clips they huge. Easily That's where I saw millions them. of views. Yeah. yeah, I saw it. You know, months ago, uh, I don't know how long ago, six months, year ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. I saw one. Yeah, just scrolling through. Amazing magic on Ellen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, check this out. Amazing. Click. Yeah. Ta da. Uh huh. And then if you scroll to YouTube, it's like just spoilers go. Spoil- scroll the comments. It's just spoilers galore. Oh, people yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. People love coming up with hypotheses of how these things work. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. At first, I would get bummed out about it, but then it's now it's kind of entertaining just seeing people's ridiculous ideas. Have you ever considered either uh, uh, commenting back anonymously or as yourself? Um, no, because then you'll get into some like religious discussion somehow. <laughs> some or you'll, you'll <laughs> start. They'll take it politically. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. I've, been, I've learned to not engage. No, you can't win. Uh huh. Yeah, you did a Reddit thing once, right? I did. Reddit How did that AMA go? Once it went well. Yeah. It was fun. Redditors are smart. They ask smart questions. They they're funny. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I yeah. like I like that website. Yeah, I mean, Reddit commenters, though, totally different than YouTube commenters. Such a oh, higher level of intelligence. It's great. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close at all. Uh, might be more distance between Ellen and Rachel Ray, but not much. Without a doubt. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, man. I, I, my, my kids also love Ellen, so... Ugh, I mean, yeah. that's the, I showed them the video yesterday, and they thought it was the one with uh, where you end up in your yes, shorts. Yes, she colored in the outfit, and yes. I stripped my clothes off, mm-hmm. and Ellen did not get you know aroused <laughs> by that part. Normally, that's like that fun you know Captain Morgan throwing money uh, moment. <laughs> um, that was fun. Yeah, a lot of that's probably the one most people say they saw. Yeah. So much so that I don't really. I'm happy happy that I was able to take that bit out of the show because okay. I'd have to wear. Two layers of clothes, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, well, let's. They've seen it. Yeah, they've yeah. seen it. Let's just not do that one anymore. Yeah. Do you, anything else retired? Like over the years, how do, how um, do things get retired from your act? Well, I think what it comes from over just overexposing it, and people see see it a lot. Like the the hanging box trick, I don't do. Also, because like now that I'm doing clubs, like where would I hang the box? I'd probably have to hang it from some sprinkler fuse in here, and then that could end poorly. You sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, if a lot of people have seen it and if there's a spoiler involved in it, like the outfit trick, you know, it's kind of a surprise ending. Mm-hmm. So, but if half mm-hmm. the audience, you know, if the reason they came to the show is because the club had that clip on the website, I'd rather do something they haven't seen yeah. in the show. Yeah. How long? So when did you, so, you know, obviously it's not just magic. You're working at a comedy club. There's yes. a huge comedy element. When did you start doing comedy clubs? Um, well, when I first moved to L.A., which was in 2002, my roommate was Dan Levy, who's a great comedian. And we yeah. went to college together. And uh, he started having me come along with him to open mics in L.A. And then we kind of found this club where we could do our regular Wednesday night thing. And we kind of came up with a, a show format to hopefully cater to college students. And, uh, and that was my first time doing the show at comedy clubs. 
um, because, you know, as a magician, normally you're used to needing a proper stage setup and, you know, proper sound and lighting yeah. rehearsal and all your cues. And at a comedy club, you have to be able to go up, you know, empty-handed or with your briefcase and set your briefcase down, do your shtick, and then walk off with everything you came on with. So he kind of uh, got me used to being able to just have a commando-style set and just pop up and do my thing and peace out, and which, which enabled me to do more shows in a night and therefore get better you know, every, every show. Being low-maintenance, I think, was great. Sure. Yeah. And uh, a lot of magicians, you know, I was raised with this, this idea of, like, Create your act, perfect it, and then hone that act over years and years and years. Yeah. You know, they're great magicians who just never change their act because they don't have to, you know, and they get really good at that one, one hour. Um, and obviously the comedy mentality is different, which is the act should constantly be involving, evolving because you as a comedic voice are evolving. Right, right, right. So uh, he kind of put that instinct into me, which was just uh, like you said, you know, when something feels tired and it doesn't make you excited to do it anymore, ditch it and do something new. How about an assistant? A lot of magicians have an assistant. Like an onstage assistant. I'm, would you hire not? <laughs> <laughs> I can wear... You should see me in tights, man. I just, no, um, oh, I have. The, have you ever um, used one? I used my sister, my little sister, Ashley. She's six years younger than me. And she used to... When I was doing like a Lance Burton-style dove act, I would make the doves appear, and she'd put them into a birdcage for me. And it was adorable. But, I mean, then eventually, though, she realized that I was getting paid and that maybe she should be getting paid too. <laughs> and then I realized I see the power in being a solo performer. Yeah, and yeah. after that, I've never, never really used assistance okay. more than just, you know, uh, a, a buddy dressed in all black, uh, just moving some boxes around for me. Oh, you okay. know? Yeah. Are you a fan of uh, the amazing Jonathan? Love the amazing Jonathan. Right? Really love him. Yeah. And his, he probably has the best use of an assistant. You yes. know, because his assistant was, is a comedic character in the show. Yeah. So it kind of becomes a, a play. They get to have all these theatrics and play off each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. And he's having some health problems I right know. now. He's not doing well, which I is know. really it's sad. Very sad. But yeah, he's, I mean, a pioneer in terms of comedy magic. Um, you know, he's... I'm really excited. I have my first Comedy Central special airing April 6th mm-hmm. coming up. And he's the only, he was like the first magician to have magic on Comedy Central. You know, oh, a couple yeah, specials. Yeah. So he was a real trailblazer in the field. He's awesome. Yeah, I saw his uh, live show after seeing him on TV for years. I finally saw his live show about eight years ago. Did he come in, here? Or no, or in Vegas. You? I was in Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So fun. Fantastic. So fun, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about your special. Okay. Yeah, April 6th. April 6th. It's called Sleight of Mouth with yeah. Justin Willman. And, um, Where was it filmed? It was filmed in L.A. And it's kind of, it's, it actually was not originally intended to be a special. It was a pilot. We shot it last October with Nerdist. And uh, it was a pilot for potential consideration as a series on Comedy Central. And uh, they, you know, just were on a fence about whether a magic series would work for them because they've never done it before. We don't know. So instead of uh, just kind of ditching the whole idea, they decided to repurpose this half hour that we shot as a pilot and make it a special. Oh, okay. So it's got onstage elements uh, like most specials, but then kind of like the old Chappelle show format, it's me tossing to pre-tape things. So we, you know, like I went with Doug Benson to a pot dispensary in L.A. and we did magic for high Where he lives or... (laughs) He lives to a pot dispensary, also known as his apartment. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, And we did Magic for High People, where he was kind of my, well, he was my assistant behind the scenes a little bit. So, like, uh, we would do all tricks that were very obvious to the viewers, but the people who we were doing them on were amazed. So, like, I'd (laughs) ask somebody to name any card, and they'd say, Seven of Clubs. Okay, cool. And I'd have them look at me and focus at me as I go through a bunch of BS about having them visualize this card coming from their mind. And what the viewer sees is that behind the person, is Doug Benson going through a deck of cards, pulling out the seven of clubs, and then just handing it to me over their head. And it was super funny. Like, the, <laughs> the simplest, stupidest thing yeah, yeah. is, like, the most talked-about part of, of the show. So that was fun. And, um, you know, we riff on technology a lot. In my, in my act, I kind of have... I talk a lot about this battle between magic and technology mm-hmm. because technology is so amazing, um, but we don't acknowledge it as amazing. It just kind of happens. And magic, its goal is to be so amazing, but we need acknowledgement. And I feel like technology has kind of numbed us to reacting to amazing things. Yeah. And um, so the special really, you know, uh, 
picks that apart in a couple different ways. Okay. And by the end, I get to take a baseball bat and smash like fax machines and VCRs as we oh. say farewell to technology. With nice. A, with a trick at the end. And so I'm really proud of it. I bet that felt good. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah. And for me, it's just super surreal to, you know, to have a, a, a special on, you know, on my favorite network that I watch. Yeah. You know, it's, it, we, we often get a chance to be on, you know, shows that we don't necessarily watch, but it feels cool and it's, it's very, humbling to be on something that you would be watching anyway yeah so for sure hope people dig it for sure and if, they, if people dig it hopefully then the network will be like maybe magic does work for us mm-hmm. and bring it on oh okay so there is a hope for there's like a yeah there's a little bit of a true like grassroots thing here where i think the feedback from people would be would be if it's compelling enough could could make a difference yeah yeah oh that's awesome man thank you uh, do you have, where are you going to be that night? Are you going to have special plans and watch I'm gonna, Well, I'm going to do at midnight that night. So, because oh. my special airs at 12:30 a.m. I guess in the central time zone, it's 11:30 yeah. here. But uh, and at midnight, which is 11 p.m. here, so I'll be on that previous episode, and then at the end of the episode, Hardwick and I'll toss to my special. So hopefully, people will just not change the channel. Yeah. So I'll do that. That tapes in the afternoon, and then I'll probably be home on my couch and just watching it peacefully. Yeah. I'm not a big like let's have a party and watch something kind of guy. I don't but you really, also won't avoid it. You want to watch it. I want to watch it. TV. I'll probably live, you know, I'll probably live tweet it because I'm told that at least will remind people to watch it. So I'll do that. I like that. I like when people do that. Yeah. yeah. I like that too. Mm-hmm. I like that too. So um, yeah, comfort of my own home, stiff drink, live tweeting it. Yeah, right yeah. on. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I will set my DVR. Set the DVR. I, I, I promise. Wait. I promise. And then, and then what's really cool is that uh, being able to promote the special, I'm, you know, kind of, making the rounds and I'm going to do Conan on Monday night this, this coming Monday oh night. really yeah hell yeah and he's been my hero since I was a kid yes and in college I would remember just dreaming of one day being able to do something for him on his show so I'm really excited oh to, that's incredible this man this chance to do that that's yeah. awesome if you see uh, uh, Lori Kil- Kilmartin yes say hi to her for me she's one of his writers yes right? Okay, well, a very funny stand-up who's who's been on the podcast a, a few times. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Cool, and kind of a friend. So. Love it. Yeah, to I will. see her, say hi for me. Please. I will. I or probably. Pardo as well. Pardo, of course. I love Pardo. Right? He writes and does the warm-up. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, dude, you're gonna have a blast. You've never done Conan before. Never so done Conan. Be first. I've been to man. When I was in college, I went to Emerson College in Boston, and we took a bus down to New York once, me and my roommate, just to see Conan. Yeah. And, and went back. That was back in the early days. And then I've gone to see this TBS show a couple times. Oh, you have? So, yeah, I'm a fan. Oh, that is awesome. I'm a real fan. How do you... This is a question I wrote down the other day when I was thinking about questions about magic. Do you have tricks that uh, no one has seen yet that you're working on? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I do. And... You know, the reason they probably haven't made it into the show yet is because I haven't figured out what they're about, you know? Like, I've got tricks that are just awesome, and I was like, oh, man, that's a beautiful trick. That's people are going to freak out, and that's a cool metaphor for something, but I don't know what it is yet. And until I figure that out, I, I can't put it in. But there's a lot of things on deck like that. Mm-hmm. Or just tricks that I like the idea of, you know? Like, I, I, I know there's something there. You know, like I love the Torn and Restored newspaper trick, classic trick. And I've yeah. done it a couple times in different contexts. But so there's so many people who do it so well, like Derek and others, that it's like if I'm going to do that trick, I need to figure out a way to do it in a way that nobody else has ever done it. Yeah. So it feels like a new trick. Have you have you uh, uh, held close to a you know like a trick that you think is yours, and then you see somebody else like ah damn it? Yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, that happens sometimes. That's why you kind of have to stay keep keep you know keep it tight what you're working on because sometimes if someone hears oh yeah justin's working on this one thing and then they'll be like "Ooh, okay let me let me start doing that thing and then then it's like a race to get it out there first yeah um so yeah you kind of have to uh hold your babies tight (laughs) nurture them and then you know release them when they're ready you have a uh fiance that you said is in town i do yes um have you ever dated someone that doesn't like magic? Would that ever would that have ever worked? Mm. She must be a fan of. She's a fan. Well, it's a fine line. And like, I'm not saying she was a fan, and then you're dating a fan. I'm saying. She's oh yeah, a fan yeah. She's stuff, a, yeah. she enjoys magic. Yeah. I've never. Yeah, that I mean, it'd probably be a deal breaker if they just thought magic was lame and stupid. But it'd also probably be a deal breaker if they really loved magic a lot. <laughs> like you don't want to date someone who's obsessed with magic. Yeah. Cause then what else are they obsessed with? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
so she she enjoys watching it, but she also is like, please can we not talk about magic all day? No, and that's a good balance for me because no. if you let me go, you know, I'll probably talk about it all the time, and then it's a little it's a little excessive. Sure. So um, you know, and and what's great is that magic is a great icebreaker on dates, as you, you can imagine. Sure. You know, like I would you know pull the dinner rolls out of her ears or like cough up the appetizer salad, <laughs> you know, um, and that kind of gets a little old after a little while. But uh, but the, it's great to. To break the ice on the first couple of dates. Right now, she's a little desensitized though to magic. I mean, she could come home and I could have a elephant in the living room, and she'd be like, "Okay, just don't let it shit on the rug." Right, right. Like that would that yeah. would be her thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I know, I yeah. know. Magic, right, right. But what's nice is that I don't have to like hide my secrets from her anymore. Like she, I let her know how things work. I don't really. You do okay. Yeah, like with girlfriends in the past, like sometimes I've been very guarded with my secrets because you know they're your trade secrets. Mm-hmm. But but I figure we're entering into a uh, trust relationship all guard is down yeah. and that kind of feels good yeah. um, to not have secrets because if I'm allowed to have secrets then she could have secrets you know if I'm like babe, you sound don't... like my fiance right now <laughs> thanks man see <laughs> I'm like babe where were you Friday night and she's like how does the uh, printer trick work like, well, <laughs> shit. okay you're right let's so trade I'd, let's I'd trade secrets sure. exactly what do you think about magicians that give up uh, you know tr- how to do tricks the behind um, the scenes like the masked magician sure. those kinds of guys yeah uh, I just think it's kind of cheap. It cheapens magic. You know, I don't think it's... If you if you get audiences thinking that the whole point of magic is to figure out the how, you know, I think it's the wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, magic is just one of the little tools that I like to incorporate with humor and storyline and some sort of a metaphor and some sort of a meaning. So the magic is just one part of the whole, you know, entertainment experience. But if people are just obsessed with the how. And if they think, okay, well, I figured out how that trick works. Uh, now I don't need to you know, respect that whole bit anymore, right. then I think it's a bummer. So, um, but also it could, a lot of times the performer presents magic as a puzzle and there, therefore it really just is about the how. And I think it's a much more, you know, powerful art form than that. But that said, like there are a lot of young guys, young magicians who are very talented, whose first experience with magic was watching masked magician. Mm. So there's my, my buddy, Kyle Marlette is a great young magician who he's probably 23 or four and I, ha- I have him help me with stuff all the time. And that was his first magic that he ever saw was Mass Magician. And that made him want to be a magician. Really? So, so there is something to it. You know, A lot of times people will say, oh, yeah, I watched that Mass Magician show. I know how they vanish the Statue of Liberty. I'm like, oh, how do they do it? They're like, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> so they, they, they just remember that they knew at one point, but right. they don't remember how anymore. Right. So that's good. I think inherently people would prefer to not know. They mm-hmm. like the mystery of yeah. it. But do you have people come up going, hey, I know what you did there. Yeah, well, I, sometimes I'll do, have that, or sometimes I'll have people, like I had a girl come up the other night, and she goes, hey, hey, I know your magic is fake. And I was like, me too. Like, <laughs> I know, I was the one lying to you. Yeah. Like, but she says it, she said it as if she thought I thought I was a wizard, you know, like oh. as if uh, that was the, uh, as if because magic is fake means it's, you can just discount it as an art form altogether. And right. uh, and that might just has to have to do with people being cynical these days, you know. Um, but I'll have I'll have bros come up after the show and be like, "That was good. I, I got most of them. I got most of them." Right. As if it's a test. Right, right, right. I got most of them yeah. right. Uh-huh. Um, My but, level, uh, bro. Yeah, exactly. But there's fun. But even that said, like even the bros, there's some bits in the show that are, like are real, kind of real brain crunchers that they'll be like, "But that last thing you did with the with the numbers, mm-hmm. like, whoa, that's crazy." So that's always nice that they can give it up still. Now you said earlier that uh, you know there's been uh, there were some tears when when a dove got eaten by a hawk. Yes. Uh, how about tears of amazement? Like I just say, you know, I. I don't know how to describe that, but I know that that happens. Well, who, who said this? I think there was, was it Einstein who said the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious? I'm going to say it was Einstein. I think it was. Okay. Like maybe it wasn't. You can Google it and correct us in the comment section. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I like, like I, I do a bit, and I might do that this week. We'll see. I do a bit with this a helium balloon on a string where I kind of tell the story about why I became a magician. And it's, I mean, in essence, the story is about the beauty of being a kid again. And I kind of 
I kind of recite some of these truisms about being a kid, you know, about the excitement of Christmas morning and, you know, like believing you'll have our, we'll have our dogs for the rest of our lives, like these little things. And sometimes it really takes people to a very sentimental place and I'll see people crying. And in this case, the trick is, uh, it's kind of like the newspaper. It's uh, the string, the, the balloon string gets broken into little pieces and then restores at the end. But I think, and I'm really proud of that piece because it's a nice metaphor, but it's just a chance to use magic as just a little visual thing uh, to accompany the verbal uh, story and the poem, and it uh-huh. really hits people a lot of time in, in a nice way. Yeah. And I've always wanted to have like a, a sentimental moment, but the problem is it's really hard for magicians to be sentimental without it coming off schmaltzy. You know what I mean? So, and a lot of magicians will often tell like a fabricated story about their first time they saw snow or their grandpa giving them a magic set. And I think audiences can really see through when it's a BS yeah. story okay. uh, that you're just reciting or when you're actually sharing something true. So uh-huh. it took me a while to figure out like, okay, I want to have a real moment where I kind of cut the cynicism and you know, st- you know, not be sarcastic for a second, yeah. but I don't want to fabricate it. So finally I was able to figure out like, okay, what do I really feel strongly about? Oh, I feel strongly about the beauty of being a, a kid, you yeah. know? And, and a lot of magicians became magicians because they want to experience that amazement that they saw when they first saw the first magician or, right. you know, just the mystery and wonder of Santa leaving presents, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I do enjoy that. Laughing and crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You want to hit them, hit them with everything. Do you sell anything at your shows? Uh, I sell, I've, I've got like some tour posters we sell, uh, not many of, but, <laughs> but we sell cause these days I'm also giving out postcards for the special That's and I think that. people just buy something because they want you to sign it. But mm-hmm. if I'm giving them a postcard for free or they can buy a poster for 10 bucks, they're going to take the free postcard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, it'll I, fit on my bulletin board it'll nicely. Fit nicely. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But I used to sell like DVDs where I would teach some tricks. Oh, I was going to ask you that. Okay. Yeah, but I haven't done that in a while. It's a little outdated that the the DVD I have, and I guess DVDs. I don't know if people really even watch DVDs anymore. But mm, uh, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, so I I kind of don't really stress too much about the merch at this point. Yeah, yeah. You could never do a recorded like uh, only audio. Well, I would. Uh, you'd think that, but I I did a tour last year with. Uh, with a like a musician DJ sidekick buddy of mine, and we we recorded uh, the final tour date in LA at Largo, and we wanted to release it as an album called "The Sound of Magic," and uh, re- with the idea of it really being about you know like listening to something that's meant to be visual, but in your mind filling in the gaps with what's going on. Like if you remember like those early Steve Martin uh, like records where you're, you don't see what he's doing, but you know he's doing some crazy physical yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. And you hear the audience laughing. Like, I would always love those because I was like, okay, wait, what is he what is he doing there? What could he be doing? And my mind would fill in the gap. Yeah. And oftentimes it would come up with something funnier and more interesting than maybe what he was actually doing, mm-hmm. um, the theater of the mind. So so I, we never ended up doing it. The recording quality wasn't oh, okay. where we wanted it. But I think I will do that at some point. Really? Yeah. Maybe what I'll do is I will write a show that is like I'll call it the sound of magic, and the audio recording will be one thing. But when I later release the video version, they see all this crazy crap that was happening just really quietly. You know, an uh, elephant tiptoeing across the stage. Yes, yes, <laughs> the quiet elephant. Uh-huh. Uh, this morning, I was you know doing some last minute uh, prepping to come talk to you today, and I had I uh, had to bring my car in for an oil change, mm-hmm. and I had it planned that I was going to sit there in the waiting room and watch some of your videos and put headphones in so I wouldn't uh, disturb anyone. Well, last minute we switched cars. I took my fiance's car in for that oil change, not my car. My headphones were left in my car, so I no. didn't get a chance to. However, I found so many videos of yours with uh, subtitles really? that I didn't need sound. Really? Yeah. That YouTube just played the subtitles? Uh-huh. Really? Which, yeah. which video? Uh... Oh my goodness! There were several different ones. Maybe I could tell you afterwards. Here, I'd have to look on my phone again. But. And it and it uh, made total sense mm-hmm. that way. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, I've never watched them with subtitles. Yeah, no, um, it, was, it worked. It sometimes worked. I'll do shows where they'll have a you know a, a, an interpreter for the for the deaf doing doing kind of the interpretation oh, on yeah. the side. Which is always interesting because, you know, someone coming to the show, obviously magic is a visual thing, so they're still going to be able to enjoy it. But as they're watching the show, they're not watching me. They're watching the interpreter. Yeah. And then they'll kind of look over and sometimes miss the trick. Um, that's always interesting. Yeah. 
kind of a uh, delayed. But I'm grateful for it. It's better better than nothing, you know. Sure, sure. Um, I've actually had bl- some uh, blind people come to the show. What? Yeah, and they hear it. Maybe it's just kind of like that whole same theater of the mind, the I sound suppose. of magic, and they'll you know they'll in- enjoy it as well. You they don't want to tease like them about there. saying things are disappearing, though. That's, that's <laughs> no. very mean. No, that'd be very mean. <laughs> but I'll do magic on the radio, too. Like, I didn't this morning, but sometimes I'll do magic where I will do a trick, a quick trick for the host. And I think the listeners just like hearing them freak out mm-hmm. and wondering what the heck, you know, mm-hmm. what the heck happened. Mm-hmm. So, Do you enjoy, uh, you know, like when you don't get the, and maybe it's all part of the act, but like... Uh, you do something or you're setting it up and, and I saw it in all these videos of yours I was watching mm-hmm. you know kind of like that huh, huh? come on come on come on yeah. like egging him on like let's go yeah. get with me here sometimes that's the thing like uh, you know Pete Holmes has a great bit about how the, the, the human body doesn't have a natural reaction to magic you know obviously comedians get laughter but magic there's no sound you know when the jaws dropped like it it, it could sound like you could really be amazing them but it could sound like you're dying up there you yeah know what I mean? so, uh-huh. so sometimes it probably evolved originally out of my own insecurity of the audience not making any noise, but then it kind of becomes a funny thing where people are like, oh, that's right, geez, man, I, mm-hmm. you know, i got to mm-hmm. snap out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Int- yeah, amazement has no sound. That's exactly, yeah. Uh, and that is, I suppose, why a lot of, you know, when you watch magic on television, a lot of times it's the straight cut, you know, his reactions are mm-hmm. always... Exactly. You know, well, Blaine, David Blaine's specials would do, you know, what made them so great is that they'd show the trick, but then they would just keep rolling on the person's reaction. Yeah. And just their befuddlement, you know, and bewilderment. And that was very entertaining, seeing people just really. Do you have any interest? Do you ever do any of the stuff kind of like him? Like the, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm not thinking the word for it. You know, the, the stunts. Stunts. The frozen never, in ice. The never I'm really stand here for ten days. Or yeah, no, never like doing it for real. Sometimes I thought it'd be fun to like spoof the stunts and be like, I'm going to go without touching my cell phone for thirty minutes. <laughs> Shit, let me set the timer. You know, <laughs> uh, but but that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. 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 Not not no interested in putting my life in in on the line. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. No. You can be successful without that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So what else? What else do you have big... What's, you got the special coming up April 6th. April 6th. Conan um, next week. Conan next week, uh, March 30th. I don't know when this episode drops. Well, but, people will hear tonight. Oh, amazing. Today. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then always touring, you know, next week. Uh, two weeks I'll be in uh, Boston doing the Wilbur Theater. be good to go back to the uh, my old college stomping grounds and... You know, walk around and show my fiance the the places where I used to puke uh, <laughs> after a night of hard party. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you know, hopefully this special, if it doesn't end up ha- having a home on Comedy Central as a TV series, I-, I will take it elsewhere and give it life. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right it's on. a lot of fun to do. Right on. This has been awesome. Let's see how much time we've we been doing here. Is there anything else I wanted to ask you about before? Before we go eat, at least I'm going to go eat. Yeah, I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, I had some soup beforehand, but I'm still pretty hungry. Uh, Let's see. Alan, we talked about that. Your special. Um, Yeah... When's the wedding? Are you saying September? September. September. Yeah. What are the What are the plans? Going to do it out in L.A. We found a cool place in Malibu, and it's like a these people's house, and they live at the top of a hill overlooking the ocean, and it's on an olive oil vineyard. Oh wow! It's quite picturesque. Sounds like it. Yeah. So we'll do that. Yeah, awesome. I just remembered something. I was I just remembered something. Wendy Liebman. Yeah, said she performed with you uh-huh. at the living room. At a living room. Yeah. yeah so we did. Uh, Tell me about the it. living room show, and it was me, Liebman, Jimmy Pardo was on this show as well. Uh, a bunch of other really funny people, and it's a uh, it's for charity, and they do it you know every few months in some wealthy person's enormous living room, yeah. and then that whoever's the host gets to invite you know a bunch of their their friends and family, and we put on a great show, and Wendy just destroyed, yeah. I and mean, she's so funny, and she's I did best. a set, Pardo did a set, but it was like in uh, in this guy's living room, and this this huge palatial mansion, literally there's a shark tank behind me, oh my god, literally with sharks swimming around, it was crazy amount of wealth. But super fun. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What is the uh, easiest trick to teach someone? The easiest trick that's, to well, teach? Well, let, let me rephrase that. The easiest trick that is, you know, uh, that's worth something. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Well, I do a gag in my show where I say, look at the floating silver ball of mystery. Look at it's floating. How does he do it? It's a soup ladle. It's just a soup ladle shoved up my sleeve. But from the right angle, it looks like a floating silver <laughs> orb. 
and I do that in my show, which is so stupid, but people love it because they're like, oh, that's amazing. I can do that. Yeah. And I'll get a lot of people tweeting me pictures of them with ladles up their sleeves. Oh, really? Uh, or oh, that, awesome. you know, it's a simple concept the kids can grasp onto it. That's, yeah. That's been really fun. I do. And I, something I was reading about, you said that, uh, you know, as just incredible. Yeah. You were the you know, tuxedo and stuff, mm-hmm. like the classic. Yes. You know, a lot of people imagine. Uh, I went through picture. a lot of weird wardrobe. Yeah. Uh, long phases. hair ever. You have very nice, you got nice I, short cropped nice hair. Nice short now. cropped hair. Do you have long hair? I have quite a fro. Okay. My hair is very curly. Yeah. So I went through like that. I don't know if you remember Justin Guarini from American Idol. Well, of course. As a How Justin, I recognize. I know all Justins. Come on, man. And Timberlake also had that curly yeah. fro. Yeah. So I had that thing for a while <laughs> until everyone was like, oh, you're trying to look like Timberlake? Oh, oh God, come on, man. Come on. Not that that's a bad thing. The Guarini comparison was probably more troublesome than the mm-hmm. Timberlake one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where is he now? Where is that guy, right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't been know. on Ellen. No, he hasn't. I don't think so. Timberlake, though, he, he kind of puts us all to shame. Damn. When I went on, I went on, uh, one of the things I like to do when I do all my research is I'll just go on Netflix and put the guest name in to see what pops up. Mm-hmm. And yours, of course, was Cupcake Wars. Cupcake Wars, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Is that done now? The war is over. The war. Yeah. Did we... I don't yeah. remember how we, we did. signed a, a treaty. Oh, mm-hmm. so everything's—it's peace. A pastry treaty. Okay. Yeah. Peaceful. <laughs> it had a peaceful ending. Well, should I thank you for this? You're welcome. I mean, it was nine seasons. I mean, that was like you know that's kind of longer than Vietnam. I think. <laughs> um, you should thank me and uh, and and I apologize about the whole thing. It was uh, it, it now and live forever on the Netflix. Of course, I'm sure that your girls love that show as well. We have no, but well, they haven't gonna, gotten into that. No, yet? but this oh. weekend we're going to do a marathon in advance. We're going to do a marathon. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was fun to, uh, to have a, you know, it was a great gig for, for many years. I think nobody really thought the show was going to go that long, but the problem is, is that on that show, I don't really get to be funny or do magic or anything. You yeah. know, they have me attempting humor. Like basically I would write these bits uh, where I would, you know, say something really funny or do a, a you know, but, but my main role in the show is to yell out how much time is left in the round. So I'd write these long bits before I would say the time, and they'd be like, ah, oh, it's too long. It needs to be super short. Mm-hmm. How, what can you do in three seconds? And then it would evolve basically into just doing puns, you know, which hey. I also enjoy. But then, then I just was like the pun guy. Yeah. And now I'm tr- as I'm touring, I'm trying to overcome. You know, most people, if they advertise the host of Cupcake Wars, they'd be like, well, what, what, what do I want to see him do? Right. Yell, yell how much time is left every five <laughs> minutes in his set. So, uh, Have you tried that? I haven't tried that. I could. So I've been, been when trying When they do to, like an Acme here, when they do the red light. Yes. You'd be like, five! Five minutes! <laughs> yeah. With some horrible joke. Yes. With some horrible pun about time or Acme or something. Exactly. Ah, oh, that's funny. But it puts it puts butts in seats occasionally. So that's sure. Nice. Yeah. Uh, does does uh, being interviewed by Chloe Kardashian on Chelsea lately oh, wow. put butts in seats? It put her butt in that seat. Put my butt in that seat. Wow. Well, when I hit play on that YouTube video uh-huh. yesterday, I was sitting next to my fiance. Is that a closed caption one? That was not a closed caption. Okay, one. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, and when Chloe, uh, when you walked out and you guys what embraced, uh-huh. I went whoa, whoa, yeah. In that her in that dress, bada bing, bada bam, holy yeah, she looked cow! Great. Yeah, and then we did that bit where uh, swallowing the balloon, and she deep throated that balloon quite well. <laughs> what the? Yeah. <laughs> Had you uh, met a Kardashian before? I had, actually. I met uh, Kim Kardashian years ago, before really anybody knew Kim Kardashian, because I would do, like, strolling magic gigs. We were talking earlier. I would do them, like, for little cocktail parties and private parties in L.A. when I was first moving out there. And I remember me approaching her and her friend. I was like, hey, guys, I'm Justin. I'm the magician here. Would you like to see some magic? Okay, sure. And I did a trick. She goes, no, that's, that's fake. And I was like, okay, fine. It was like that same girl, you know? Uh-huh. I was like, you're fake. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? It's magic. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, yeah, I was not impressed by her. Oh. And then I did her mother. I did the Chris Jenner show. I did a spot on her talk show a couple oh. years ago, her short-lived talk show. Yeah. Is that, was she the one that sat in a bed or was that uh, – no, that was Osborne, I think. That was, that uh, was Sharon Osborne. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But on Chris Jenner's show, that episode was actually co-hosted by Chloe. So it was me and the two of them. And I did a trick where I – would have open up the phone and I played this little video of a spider crawling across the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And what they didn't know is that as I put the phone in their hand, I'd already loaded this fake spider on the back of their hand. So I've got this fake spider on the back of her hand and this digital spider's walking across the phone and she starts freaking out just at the sight of it and drops the phone and she's like, if there is a fucking spider on my hand, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And she's holding it like this. It's right near her face. 
and she almost like stopped the segment. But we finally got the reveal. It was quite anticlimactic. Oh. And I was like, I don't think I want to work with them again. <laughs> Fast forward six months. Justin, we booked you on Chelsea Lately, but Chelsea's not around. The guest host is Chloe. I was like, okay, fine. Let's do it. <laughs> Round two. And she was lovely. Do you ever uh, you've been around for so uh, for you know not for so long but obviously so long, so long man yeah. uh, like I watched the uh, like you're doing the Tonight Show with yes. freaking um, uh, Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman that was starstruck best. ever you get starstruck, so starstruck from these people so starstruck really but I what I'm somehow I'm really good at like faking it while I'm in the moment okay and kind of acting normal and then afterwards like you know tripping out and dissecting like did I put my foot in my mouth did yeah. I wrote it but that was the that was my favorite TV appearance by far because it just like I got the call the day before somebody dropped out okay and the thing with Jay is that they were like we don't know if Jay is really good at watching magic so we're gonna have you do it with the first guest oh who's the first guest oh, it's Hugh Jackman which is great because he was in the Prestige he yeah. was in all these magic movies so he was awesome and then Jay was able to provide just some color commentary for yeah. the side yeah is the pr- I've never seen the Prestige is it really oh it's a great movie. I, I mean I saw in that clip you were going oh it's great best magic movie yeah really. Um, I'd say it was the best magic movie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad magic movies. A lot of people kind of don't do it right. Yeah. But that was a great one. Okay. So highly recommend. And then a final thing, I think you mentioned, you did briefly say that like uh, about teaching people. Mm-hmm. You had a DVD. What yes. kind of, what, like, uh, what kind of history do you have in actually teaching other people? Uh, a lot, actually. I, I had a video on demand series called Turning Tricks for a little while. I named it myself. That guy, and that was on I'm sure all sorts Tom of attention. Cast, and I would teach, uh, I would do, it was like, I think a 14 episode thing where I would teach magic. And I would do, I would often, I, I think I would do some magic lessons private back in my kid's birthday party days. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed teaching. Yeah. It was fun. So are you free, after, are you free we, Saturday? Yeah. When we finish recording, I could teach, <laughs> teach you something to teach the girls. I have my kids this weekend and uh, it'd be great. No. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this has been great, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate Another it. Another Justin. Really fun. Time uh, flies. Yeah, for sure. Um, so everyone should definitely... I'm going to do my best to come actually tonight. Great. So uh, people may have already listened to this. And then, hey, look back. I'm sitting in that seat right behind you, uh-huh. seeing the show, <laughs> being amazed. You're like, wow, he wasn't lying. He wasn't he was lying. telling the truth. He really is a fan. Yeah. No, this has been very cool. Thank you. Thanks, man. And looking forward to seeing the uh, special. Thank you so much. Awesome.